those whistles and start that parade. You're listening to KZAA LP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza. Radio only for play my team. Do we got Boise Hardcore on the radio station phone line right now or what? I am here and I am ready. That's what's up, man. Um, all right, hang tight real quick. Let me let the radio listeners know what's up. Um, what's up to everybody listening on the radio again? Um, we're live on KZAA 96.5 FM. Thanks for tuning in. You just heard a bunch of songs off the new uh, Rejection Pack LP called Can We Wait? Um, which is available to listen on all streaming platforms. And uh, we'll get some more info on that record coming up. And uh, what's up to everybody streaming this episode? Thanks so much for supporting the show. Um, and yeah, I'm super stoked right now to be joined by Devin from Rejection Pact out of Boise, Idaho. Devin, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm tired. I uh, was up too late and I took a bunch of PTO today and I ended up I think I went to bed at like two, but then woke up at eight and I was just like awake. I was like, well, I guess I'll just work anyway. And <laughs> no, I'll figure I'll maybe I can like reverse the PTO or whatever, but it's hit me now how tired I actually am. So. <laughs> yeah, man. But I'm I, good. Yeah, I know. I know what that's like. Well, you had, I'm sure you had a late night playing the show last night, which uh, definitely ask you about in a little bit, but um Thanks for coming on. I'm glad we can make it happen. Um, where exactly are you calling from right now? I'm at my house in the uh, spare be bedroom, which is my collect my toy collectible room of all my comic and like movie stuff. Dang, nice. What kind of movie stuff do you have in there? Just a lot of like the uh, I'm trying to think of the way to word it properly, like the the like collectible toys for like adult film nerds nice. like a bunch of horror like a bunch of horror movie stuff i got like a whole simpsons like simpsons area and um i'm real big into collecting incredible hulk stuff so that's the bulk of what's in here is just like hulk stuff but then i got like comics and all sorts of nerdery <laughs> dude that's awesome that's super cool i'm like never i've never delved into the world of of comics so i can't I can't drop any uh can't drop anything to chop it up with you about comics. I'm sorry. That I mean that's fair. I don't I feel like most of my friends like that read comics, I just don't talk to I don't ever talk to them about comics cuz like I don't keep up necessarily with what's currently coming out. Like I stopped buying physical comics a long time ago because it was expensive and I was just like I'll read something once and I don't read it again. Gotcha. Usually. And so I just use like the the apps for it to where I think those are like five or six months behind. And I'll find my I, I kinda like to read things from start to finish to where I'll, I'll usually wait till like a story arc is done for a lot of things. I'll go back and like read older stuff and just kind of read it start to finish. Nice. But. That's what's up, man. Um right on. Well uh so if you don't mind telling us uh, what you do in Rejection Pact and who the other members of the band are. I sing in Rejection Pact. We got Charlie Rich on drums. We got Hunter Wall on guitar. We got Nate Spann on guitar. And we got Ralph Mugat, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, <laughs> on bass. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I got to finally see you guys. Um couple months ago or whenever that was sometime late last year um and yeah we'll come back to more rejection back packed stuff but um yeah you you guys put out a new lp you know in november of last year and you finally got to play your record release show last night with a pretty epic lineup um with glitter and object of affection um 
so yeah, I just kind of wanted to ask you because since it was just last night, um, how how was that show? It was cool. Um, I'm sure you know how it is, like in California, where there'll be like there's times where just a lot of shows are happening, like all in very close proximity of each other, and that's Boise right now. There, like, there is that tsunami tour that hit here on Sunday. Yep. There's this show that um, Show Me the Body tour is on Friday. Yep. And then there are, I think, three or four other shows booked this month here, which for, like, the Northwest, that's a lot because not that many tours come. Like, I mean, tours come up here, but it's not in such a high frequency. And, I mean, the the show is cool. I definitely know several people that didn't go because they got sick after the tsunami show. <laughs> that which like, any, I feel like anytime there's like a big show and people are climbing on top of each other, you know, like people just get sick. I remember when we played that drug church show back in October, that was, I think it was like almost sold out. And I got, I mean, everyone, almost everyone I know got sick of that show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. I guess but, it's it's common here too. It's common everywhere. I think maybe the immune systems were down for so long. People are just trying to build it back up or something. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, no, the show was sick. I mean, it was kind of crazy. We loaded in and everything, and then we all got like an emergency weather notification that there was like a snow squall coming through. Oh my gosh! And you open the door and it's just like pouring the biggest like ch- like snowflakes, and it's like super <laughs> windy. And then within, like, 20 minutes, it was gone. Weird. But, like, I don't know if that, like, that was just a bummer for, like, driving, you know? like Totally. Just knowing people, I could see, like, this is making it sound like the turnout wasn't good, and it was. <laughs> but I, I do think that, like, like, I remember we are like, kind of looking around being, like, I feel like there's some, like, regulars that aren't here totally yeah and that's kind of odd but also like given the circumstances of everything i'm like that's oh, to be expected but that was really cool i mean it was booked by people that don't normally book like the hardcore shows here so you kind of got in that regard i feel like they did have people there that i like i didn't know or recognize which was cool and you kind of given that the bands themselves aren't playing, you know, like air quotes, like hardcore. Yeah. You get like another crop of people. But to me, it's all like adjacent stuff. It's like, like a lot of these people in these bands are from like hardcore bands. So this kind of, it's all like tethered in like my head, but being that we're not like a super heavy band, a lot of the times we kind of feel like we're the odd band out on a show. Totally. So for us, we're like, oh, this is really cool. Like this, this is a bill of like bands that we like, bands that we feel it sonically makes sense, even though we don't sound even like I don't even think like Object of Affection and Glitter sound like remotely the same. Not even close. But, no, especially like the new Glitter stuff. Yeah, but I mean, and even that, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's a mixed bill that makes sense sonically, even though no one sounds the same. Totally. But, that was sick. Uh, I was happy with the turnout. You know, I thought it was cool. Like, I always go in, especially like just the way my brain works. I always go in expecting no one to be at any shows unless it's like the most like popular surface level hardcore band where it's yeah. like every person that is even slightly interested in hardcore at whatever level that is will be at the show. But other than that, I'm like, I expect it. I expect a handful of my friends to be here and maybe a couple randoms. And that's always just what I expect. I'm the same way when it comes to like booking shows and stuff too. It's like always shoot low to, for the expectancy, you know, it's like, and then it's even like more people come. You're like, all right, I can pay the bands more. And, um, there's more people here. (laughs) Yeah. Cause literally every time I'm like, Oh, I think the show will be like, it should be pretty popping. It ends up not being at all. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. Yep. Why did I expect anything else? But that was sure. fun. I had a, we hadn't played 
since November. So that oh, was okay. cool just to like get back to, I guess, like playing shows. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Well, I mean, shout out to Boise Hardcore, man. I know that um, like with you guys and Ingrown and Witness Chamber, um, Boise is definitely a place that people want to play, at least from what I've heard and what I've seen on flyers and stuff. I know uh, Ceramic and Bare Minimum from uh, from our area are stopping there, I believe, um, in in the next month or so. So, yeah, yeah, it's cool to see that, man, for a town, you know, for a city that's kind of, you know, off the, off the normal path um, to have all those shows and stuff happening. It's awesome. We've definitely noticed, like... So, I mean, I'm a little older, so I've been, like, I, at this point, I'm, like, the residential old head in the scene. It's here. okay. I'm kind of right. I'm 31, so I'm kind of, like, right around there, too. <laughs> like, any, anything past, thir- actually, I, I anything, I, I always go back and forth talking to some of my friends, but anything over 28, I would say, within hardcore's old head status at this point. Yeah, un- unfortunately, I think so. Yeah. You know? I still mosh, though, so I'm, I'm trying to, like, you know trying to not fit into the old head mold too much <laughs> you know it takes a lot for me to mosh it. i mean i i mosh i feel like i mosh a lot more than people my age but even then i don't think i mosh that much like it'll take a bit ba- like it'll take a band that i'm already familiar with and that like i know the songs to like want to go off like very rarely will like I see a band where I've, I have never heard of been like, you know, I just got to go off. This is so sick. Yeah, it's not happening I'd for rather, me much these days, if not really at all, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'll, I'll have to like, because especially if it's a band I've never seen before, like I really just kind of want to like take it in. Totally, yeah. But um, no, but, like to circle back to what I was like gonna say, and then I kind of went, we went off on a little mosh tangent. Um. <laughs> Once bands, because since I've lived here, they're really like there hasn't ever been like a consistency of multiple bands locally touring. You've always had maybe like a band that tours, but it wasn't ever a bunch. And yeah. I think that we, I, I really noticed like once because I mean, Ingrown's been a band for a while now. They have, and yeah. Once I like once we started touring, I kind of started to like notice it a little bit more of like because we, I would say like them and us, it's two totally different like demographics of like hardcore, definitely, and styles, and then even with Witness Chamber, I would say that's a whole different parallel. Yeah, all I mean everything's all under the guise of hardcore, but once especially all three of our bands started like touring and then just like getting out there like whether it's like online or like making friends or just like doing the band doing the band thing you know yeah once all three of our bands started doing that is when we really really noticed at least i really noticed more than anything bands wanting to play here because it's like if you go on tour you know and someone likes your band i feel like that makes them want to like play your area if they like if they mess with you you know it's like yo we gotta come play Boise for sure and I remember when we first started touring we'd be like "Uh, yeah sure like because I mean shows then like weren't they were so hit or miss where I'd be like oh I mean yeah yeah if you guys want to play like (laughs) let me give you a heads up up. (laughs) like yeah like there might not be anybody there very very realistic expectations and even like Charlie and I always kind of joke about like people probably think Boise is way more wild and like crazy than it actually is. Yeah. And I feel like now is finally and even like this is a whole separate conversation of like what kind of how the temperament of shows and like how how one defines like a crazy hardcore show yeah you know but in general i think that like now depending again like the type of band that's playing shows here like from it from a performer standpoint 
can be pretty crazy. Like when we've had big shows here, there isn't a horseshoe, which is cool. Nice. Like it's a bunch of young kids up front that kind of have no clue what's going on, but are having fun. But they're stoked. Yeah. And bands are making like the shows that the bigger shows when I'm hearing what bands are getting paid and how much they made in merch, I'm like, why would you never like, <laughs> it's really funny that like y'all have skipped here before or other bands are skipping this. still. when like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and yeah, for sure. Realistically, I'm always like in my head, I'm like, realistically, like, I don't know if your band, like, it's like, it's like bands I like. And I'm just kind of like, that's crazy that you're getting paid that much for like what you're doing. Like that's crazy. Cause you're just like a hardcore band. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's cool right now. I mean, I think I see, cause you know, like this, I guess this will be a little side tangent with like the whole influx. Cause it's not, at this point it's not new, but like, you know, the whole like TikTok hardcore thing. And I don't know much about what that even means, but I hear people reference it all the time. It's basically just like Gen Z kids that got into hardcore through like like post COVID and don't at least to me, like don't necessarily grasp what hardcore actually is. And to them it's just like a type of music that they listen to. And like they go to hardcore shows and it's like they're they're just having fun and it's like a very honest, like just like excited type thing like they're not concerned necessarily with like genre delineation or like i guess more of the ethos behind like what differentiates like hardcore from like punk or like metal yeah you know yeah but i also look at that as like everyone was a dork at one point <laughs> so it like doesn't really matter it's just kind of like i kind of look at like hardcore right now and i'm like okay it's a definitely like a high point and in a lot of ways like for a lot of people that are around it's probably like the highest it's ever been you know yeah yeah. and obviously it's eventually going to dip so i i i'm looking at hardcore and i was like it's at like a weird crossroads of like opportunity where it's kind of like i'm like i'm really like i'm being very like nitpicky and like over analytical about a lot of things right now like looking at stuff and being like okay (laughs) there's all these influx of young kids what are people doing to get them to actually stick around because everyone that's been around for a minute knows that eventually people dip out and yeah, they, they age out either when they turn 21 or when that fad for them like dies out either way, like it's going to dip. And so I'm like really looking at like, what are people doing to like pull in a fraction of these people? So they stick around because either way it's going to dip, but what are you, are you taking advantage of this opportunity right now? Um, are you just milking it for what it is and are expecting it to fall off eventually and like thinking it's out of your control or are you, is, are, are you just like excited or only looking at like that? You know what I mean? Like I keep thinking yeah. about this kind of stuff cause just going to shows for so long, I'm like, and like something that like I care about, I get like very like serious in a lot of ways about it where I'm like, okay, like, I'm too old. I feel like I'm too old to like, I guess like really be that big of an influence on someone that's 20. Like I probably seem like a grandpa, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm talking to my friends who are like, and they're like mid twenties, like, Hey, you know, these are things that like the old heads did with me. And that was really like important and like a positive influence. And like, it wasn't even, not even like a mentoring thing per se, but kind of that way of like, just like, helping like guide guide like my friends helped guide me into like oh if you're into that kind of stuff like you should check out these bands and like oh do you like traveling with people to shows like i feel like that's like a really important like thing to do you know like going on those like road trips and like just doing that kind of stuff and so like i'm like talking to my friends here about these kind of things it's like oh you should guys like you guys should pull these this crop of kids aside and like really hang out with them more and like they seem like they get it and they seem really excited and you know eventually y'all are going to age out too so these are the people that are eventually going to like have to like be running things so yeah for sure no that that makes a lot of sense um yeah it's really cool to see a lot of young kids um 
we were like noticing that too. Like we had a show, a local show in Oxnard um, last, I think it was last week, but like in prison from Vegas and close combat from Vegas came through and played. And there was like so many young kids there. Like it was crazy. Like I think it was like the most younger kids like I've ever seen at a local show. And um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I uh, Well, with like the young influx of young kids, I don't even necessarily, I mean, because again, I'm not a young kid. I was talking with um, one of my friends. We were at that tsunami show. We were after the show. We were flyering for this show that we just played, and we were talking. And we we're like, I don't know if like how are like young people necessarily like that are like new to shows. Like how are they finding out about shows? And like we were kind of going back and forth about does is physical flyering like a good or bad idea? And I was like, I think it's. I was like, I think it's cool. Like. Yeah, all these young, all these young kids that are really like aping like '90s culture and like fashion and all of that. Totally. In my head, I'm like, why wouldn't they want a physical flyer? Like, this is retro. Yeah, it's and dope. like, and not to mention, like, I I think like social media algorithms are like pretty bad into where <laughs> even if you post a flyer, you know, like there's a good chance a lot of people aren't going to see it unless every yeah. unless everyone <laughs> reposts it. Yeah, to where I'm like. If you hand someone a flyer, even if they throw it away, they'll hold it in their hands. And if they're like actually like picking up the flyer, holding it, something tangible and reading it, I feel like you're going to either way, they've fully seen the information and it'll stick in their head more and they can decide whether or not they want to go. Yeah, for sure. I did. Uh, no, I, I hear you for the Your Life in America show last year. I did like physical tickets. Because when I was younger, like going to the venue or going to like a record store and buying a ticket was. You know, like, I don't even know if I think obviously there was online tickets, but yeah, we used to go down to the venue and buy the tickets like in advance. And so I did like, I had like a bunch of ticket, physical tickets for sale at like a bunch of different locations throughout Southern California. And a lot of people were stoked about it, you know, to like have a physical ticket to look at and keep and stuff. It's cool. Like, yeah, I have, yeah, even I have some still from when I was younger that like I have somehow not lost. And I'll like look at it every now and then because I have them in like in a little container. And every now and then I'll go through it. I'm like, man, this is crazy that like I saw this band and then looking at how much it costs too. I'm like, that's wild. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, um, okay, speaking on 90s culture, I wanted to ask you about the Can't Hardly Wait rip that you guys did for the record. Um, that was so dope. Um, really, really good idea. So I just wanted to ask you. A little bit about that, like how you came up with that. Uh, so even back, like it was a while ago, I was talking with Chris, the guy that did the um the record layout and everything, and he also did this rip. But I was we were talking about like merch designs, and I was like, "Yeah, it'd be really sick to do a can't hardly wait rip, like just as a shirt." And um, oh, we we were like, "Yeah, totally." And this was like months ago, and then when I was sitting. Once we got, like, the show booked, I was like, oh, we need to do, like, a record cover, like, a thing for the record release or whatever. And so I was thinking up ideas, and I had, like, a few written down. And he had just coincidentally, I think he had done a Can't Hardly Wait t-shirt. Like, a, like you know, like, one of the, like, a boot or whatever. And then it clicked that I remembered we had talked about that. And then so I hit him up. I was like, yo, do you remember the Can't Hardly Wait soundtrack? Like, we should just do a rip of that for the um, the record release cover. And he was like, I'm on it. I know, I know exactly. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> we'll put the song titles up on the top where the band names were for the soundtrack. And then um, he banged that out really fast. And I was like, dope. So, that I mean, that was basically it. It's kind of funny. So, Hunter, our guitar player, is the young person in the van, he's like 10 years younger than me. And when we show, when we posted in the group chat, the album cover, every, everyone in the band was really psyched. And then he was like, I have no clue what that is. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, he's like, am I too young for this? And I was like, I'm going to kill you. Like, yeah. 1998. But yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, and it's funny. Cause he, he's like, I've known him for so long. Like he's gone to shows since I think he was like 12 or 13. Like he was like so young, but then um, 
he's like i feel like with movies and stuff he like hasn't seen a lot of old ones like i remember one time on tour he we were talking like we were at someone's like staying at someone's house and he had never seen 40 year old virgin <laughs> and we're like yo we know your type of humor like how have you never seen this and he's like oh no i just haven't <laughs> so we made him watch it nice but um yeah so like we're always like get, giving him gruff because like just because he's younger like there's just like clear blind spots and then like it's kind of it's like honestly really fun though in a lot of ways because like when we're on like tour and like in the van and stuff we can like just bring up different like subgenres of like music where it's like if you weren't around for that like there's no way that you would like know about it yeah and so like we'll kind of give them a crash course and like okay well these this these are the type of bands that play that it's like and then like we'll play a bunch and, like what do you think but yeah, it's cool. To, it's cool to have those kind of ears on stuff that you've listened to for a long time. And um, but yeah, dude, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Seth Green, what a classic, uh, classic movie. I hadn't really thought about that movie for a long time, and then I saw you guys posted that you were doing that for the record release show. I was like, yeah, it's awesome. We almost were gonna do the a rip of the Rancid. Life won't wait. <laughs> that would be sick that. too. <laughs> but I was like, "That's the record that I feel like no one likes." <laughs> yeah, you know. And yeah. I'm like, "I don't know if this is gonna go over as well." Yeah, no. The the can hardly <laughs> wait was way way sicker. I mean, I'm a I'm a lifelong rancid fan, but um, the can't hardly wait. I think was way is way sicker. Um, what well, what made it funny too, real quick is as we did that i totally had forgot that whenever we dropped the record i made like a little can't hardly wait promo video for like instagram <laughs> yeah i remember that and i didn't even remember that till like when i got the rip i was like oh yeah like that's a cool little like tie-in i even think about that like not even an intentional thing just i thought that part of the movie was cool for and sure. it like really, like kind of synced up with like the song like fairly well yeah no it's dope for sure um so yeah, I wanted to ask like just for people listening and and um, like streaming listeners too, um, and I know this stuff's accessible, but sometimes it's easy to just let people know like where can they, where can people get the um, you know any of your merch, any of your if you have any seven inches still up, or um, any of the uh, physical copies of Can We Wait, and um, it, just any updates on anything you guys have planned or anything you can or want to share about the band currently. Yeah, so I would say we have, like, a lot of people, we have the link tree, and that's got everything in there. And But we have that linked on almost any of our social pages, and everything's just rejection packed, like, at rejection packed. We got, like, a store envy. We have, I think we have, like, four or five, seven inches left, and that's it. Um, we have a handful of the of the LPs ourselves on there and then you can also get them from safe inside records their web store you can get it from like there's like a rev exclusive color nice on the rev hq and there's like an exclusive death wish color i haven't checked in a while to see how many are left like i'm sure i i'm i know the record's not like sold out or whatever so they're on there um we have merch on our store in the we're kind of like we did we did the thing that a lot, like, I feel like a lot of bands do where we overprinted because it was like, <laughs> yeah. there was like a deal, you know, it's like, oh, let's just get a ton of this stuff. And then like, we can like burn through it for a while. So like, um, we're like running low on a few things. And then we have a couple other things just like, oh, we still have a bunch of these, but, um, yeah, everything like everything's just at rejection packed, you know, um, we have a few local shows coming up. We're playing with a morning star and serration. Nice. And witness chamber at the Elks Lodge here in like a week and a half. And initially that was gonna we were potentially gonna make that our record release if this show didn't work out. Um we're playing with Terena in April. Oh, that's right. Yeah, awesome. We're, like them and Witness Chamber and um this other local band here called All That Matters, they're like a straight edge band. Everyone should check them out. Um I don't remember if someone else is playing the show. And then we're working. I'm so bad about like booking tours out just because. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like you used to be able to book a show out in a couple months or a tour in a couple months. And that's not the case anymore. My brain still hasn't like pivoted to how it is now. But 
we're going to, I mean, everyone in the band, like you mentioned earlier, like we share members with Witness Chamber with Ingrown. Yeah. To where it's just a straight up juggling act for us to do anything. And like, as people, we're all just busy doing stuff to where it's just a lot to like figure out like, Oh, when are we going to do this? But we're definitely going to tour this year. I know we're talking with some people about some stuff that will eventually get announced. That would be in the fall. And I kind of think that like kind of just spitballing, we'll probably do something at some point during the summer. Like Ralph and I, after practice the other day, we're talking about, all right, let's actually figure out now that we kind of have a little better idea of what people's schedules seem like they're going to be. You know, and then my buddy Jamie, who drums in no other way out of Richmond. Yeah. He actually moved to Boise. And so we hang out. We've been hanging out a lot. And I think he might potentially be like, we're going to try to see if he can potentially be like a fill in for when Charlie's too busy. But we need to start practicing with him, too. (laughs) But it's like. We'll be, we'll definitely be doing stuff this year, but it's kind of like still up in the we, air. Yeah, like we kind of took the winter. Like the record came out, we did we did that weekend with change. We went and played Act Like You Know in Tulsa. We played a show and we got back, and then we were kind of like then the holidays and everything came up, and we we're just kind of like, all right, let's just kind of let's just chill for a minute, you know? Like the record came out, like that's cool. Like I kind of feel like in the Northwest, especially like winter is kind of chill time. Yeah, like, like you sure. play local shows. You play local shows, so that's kind of like the weather just gets pretty like sketchy. But I mean, I really, I would really like to go out to the Midwest this summer. I think that'd be really cool. I would like to go down and play like Vegas. And um, weirdly, we've never played like LA proper. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember you told cool. me that. Like it'd be cool just to do it. Like I feel like, well, in like even like being that dork and like looking at where our streams come from it's like okay well a lot of them are coming from la like we should like we've never weirdly played like me we should just go play la yeah <laughs> um, no, there's some cool spots to play in la for sure yeah i mean like our biggest thing this year is we initially we're like we want to go to new places that we've never been and like we still do but i'm also like the thing that sucks is boise so far from everything and like really thinking about like financially it's kind of like it'd be cool to do this that and the other but it's like you know, we're not a full-time band. Like, we're not, like, our goal is to literally just break even, you know? That Yeah, it's always my goal, too. <laughs> so we're, like, now we're kind of, like, well, because we've always, like, initially we always drove our own van and brought all of our own gear. And now we're, like, well, it's always, I, like, maybe we'll, we'll, maybe we'll just be that band because we're coming from so far. Like, we'll just hop in, like, an SUV. Yeah. And bring, like, what we can and, like, Hey, like we got a backline. Sorry, like we we know this kind of is annoying, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, so I wanted to. So it's pretty cool because uh, you and Charlie were on the show with me like over two years ago, which is crazy to think about. Um, and uh, that was like you know in the first probably I don't know first nine months of me actually like doing starting like this show and having to be hardcore interviews and stuff like that. You guys were one of the first, uh, in the first like wave of, of bands that I had on the show. So I'm always really grateful for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's crazy to think that that was like over two years ago. Um, that whole, that whole time spot is such like a blur. I know. I know. You know? I, I think it was like right when you guys had put out the, uh, the goat alone cover, um, like the single, the statement. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's cool to see like, you know, that you, I feel like we probably talked about an LP or something at that time, but, um, it was still during pandemic times for sure. It was like early 2021. Um, and I haven't really talked about this with anyone in a while because it's been, you know, it's, it's kind of like more and more in the past, but I kind of just wanted to ask you how it's been like coming out of the pandemic life, um, like personally and, and musically. It's been chill. I mean, I, I definitely was like, I'm the like, I'm a hypochondriac, like to where, yeah. getting sick in general stresses me out. Yeah. I just don't like getting sick, and so like COVID definitely like, 
scared me, you know? Of course, yeah. In the fact, I think that, like, because I sing some, like, and, like, there was, like, at the time, it was, like, so, like, iffy on information, you know, where I'm, like, what if I get it and, like, just screws up my vocal cords or, like, I just, like, have, like, that, like, long COVID that they're talking about, you know? Like, just what if and, like, I can't, like, sing properly after. But, like, um, it's been fine, though. I mean, like, I ended I finally got COVID, like, over the summer and it was fine. Like, it wasn't bad. <laughs> like, I, I got sick when we did that One Step Closer, the One Step Closer shows. I caught a cold on that tour and that was 10 times worse. Yeah. Than this. To where, like, I was like, Phew, okay, sick. Like, um, but no, I mean, it's been fine. Like, I mean, the biggest adjustment, I think, for me is just like, there was a while where I was much more hesitant to just go do stuff like out in public, you know? And even now, like to a certain extent, I'm kind of, I'll kind of like be a little more like careful, I guess. Yeah. And that's just, I'm like, what do I, what do I have coming up? Right. Like I just think about stuff where it's like, what do I have coming up where like, I really can't risk getting sick. Totally. Yeah. Like I still go, I go to the movies, like, like I'll go out to eat and like, I'll go to shows and stuff, but I'm kind of like, I'm just and I, like, Everything's back to normal, but I'm just a little more, like, mindful, I think, than I was before. But, yeah, I mean, show-wise, I feel like the Northwest in particular, in terms of, like, we'll just say, like, COVID protocols and stuff, you know? Shows returning here definitely felt like they held on to a lot of those, a lot of, sorry, I was hiccuping they held on to a lot of those things a lot longer than other places in the United States. Yeah. Like mask requirements that like shows. And even now I feel like when I see footage of shows, it's like way more shows on Northwest still have people wearing masks compared to other areas. Yeah, I know. I kind of like forgot about that. Like shows came back in the summer 2021 and they were like, everyone was playing everywhere and it was like, and then like it changed it changed dramatically and I remember going to a good amount of shows where like everyone was wearing a mask and it was like really weird like do I like sing along or do I like can I like can can I suck yeah like can I like take my mask off to sing along or like it was it was like really because hardcore is such a participatory thing and yeah. especially when you're like piling up and, and stage diving and singing along and the singer's right there at the mic. And it's like, but I, I kind of forgot that there was that time where it was like that for a little bit. It's funny. To I think just about. remember we played one of the Jags in Tacoma and it was, a, it was the thing, especially back then it was like, you know, shows are fine, but like you're wearing a mask at the show. And then that, I think that was one of the rules at this fest this time too was like yeah if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear, like i forget all the stipulations actually like i don't yeah. want to like mis- i don't want to misspeak anything but basically like most people there were wearing masks and like i remember i think it was odd man i was playing and i was like moshing a bunch like that I, one of the few bands i'm like all right I'm, yeah this is sick. mandatory but, of course yeah and like i remember moshing a bunch and then stopping and like my mask like struggling to stay on and then when i got sound it's like just feeling so winded <laughs> i know like, it's super this is, weird this this sucks like this isn't fun and then um i can remember we played at the one step closer show in seattle the venue we were playing at had such a strict mask policy and this was like and granted this is like december when like the big upswing of covid was starting to like kind of happen again yeah but i remember like them just running around and if like someone even had their mask down a little like under their nose like the volunteers <laughs> of the venue running up and like hey you need to pull it back up now <laughs> it's so funny to think about that yeah and i, and I ended up, i ended up getting sick anyway <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> unavoidable sometimes i guess but yeah i mean i'm glad shows are back it's sick i i, I was talking to a friend the other day and i my heart goes out to anyone who is a blogger or like a content creator that has to still write about COVID. I'm like, I feel so sorry for you. Like it's been beaten to death. And like, there's people like churning out articles about like 
new COVID variant or like new. I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be around forever. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're talking to uh, Devin from Rejection Pact, band out of Boise, Idaho. We're still live on uh, KZAA ninety six point five FM. If you're just tuning in, thanks for joining. And uh, if you're listening to this on streaming, thanks for listening. Um, so yeah, I want to talk a little in depth about uh, Can We Wait? It's been out for like about four months now. Uh, I loved it since you guys first put it out. It's very good, very much up my alley of the type of hardcore that I like. Um, you know, the melodic sound with you know some with fast and um, it's just you know I came up in hardcore during the you know have heart verse go it alone type era and um i just you know not comparing the sound to that but i just i really love the sound from beginning to end um so if you just want to share a little bit about like you know writing the record recording it um and you know congrats and respect to you for putting out an lp um thank you yeah it's not always common that a hardcore band does that so um let alone put out an LP and a good one at that, you know, from beginning to end, it's a, you know, no, no skips. It's, it flows really well. Every song is good. You know, the, the, the samples and all that stuff is just, it's really well put together. Um, so yeah, if you just want to share a little bit about that, like, like writing it, recording it and what it was like recording like a full length album. Yeah. So we started writing it, technically like summer 2019 we had again because everyone's in other bands like we kind of like i think we wrote like one song pretty we wrote hollow ethos that was the first song we wrote and we wrote that pretty quickly and then we kind of would just kind of sporadically write stuff you know it's kind of we don't have a show for a minute like we let's just jam and like because we are we were all wanting to write at that point you know so then by the time COVID hit, I think we had four or five songs written. And then maybe one more. I don't remember. We definitely had like Social Murder was already written. Um, Indifference was already written. And then it might have been it. I don't know. We kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember it so long at this point. But anyway, so then once COVID hit, we kind of like a lot of bands just like put it on pause. And then once we kind of realized, all right, well, this is going to be the new norm for a while. Like we need, like we need to keep writing and pivot. So where luckily most of us in the band were able to like work at home. So we started writing remotely, you know, doing the thing that a lot of bands do were write something, send it in the group chat, either <laughs> a video or like an actual recording, like yeah, through your computer or whatever. But we started doing that, but we wanted to be very diligent about, okay, if we're going to get together, we need to be, like, safe, blah, blah. But, like, we also, like, we don't want to get in a room and just, like, dink around. Like, we want to be very, like, intentional and, like, productive. So we ended up, I, I want to say we only got together twice. And we had the rest of the record basically written. Nice. <laughs> like, I remember... It would just be me, Charlie, and Nate would get together. And we wrote... Specifically, I remember at one practice, we wrote three songs. That's awesome. And then, like, another time, we wrote a couple more. But basically, we wrote, like, the second like the second half of the record we wrote remotely. And then Charlie had his recording studio built in their practice space. So we ended up demo tracking the entire record summer 2020 nice i think i could be in timelines wrong but i feel like it was that summer yeah and then for me that was hard because i'd never sang on a single one of these songs ever i had um i had like it was it was very much like a learning curve as we were recording it which i'm glad that's why i'm glad we demo tracked the whole thing because like that just helped. And then at, at that point, I could like listen to the songs a lot. But um, we demo tracked it. And then we were, when we were actually going to record um, everyone, I can't remember. 
I feel like I'm still getting timelines wrong, so I apologize. It's all good. No but, worries. Yeah. So basically, when the the first time we were going to record, we ended up um, someone in the band got COVID, like literally the week of. And then at that point, we were like, "Well, cases are going." It was during the winter, and cases are going crazy. And then Nate, our guitar player, he's a pharmacist. He was like, "Yo, vaccines are going to be out." fairly soon like you guys just want to like do we just want to wait a couple months and then yeah. we can record and like everyone will feel like comfortable and like we won't have to stress or anything everyone was like yeah so then we started recording in spring of 2021 with ryan morgan so if anyone listening doesn't know who that is he played guitar he plays guitar and misery signals nice he lives in boise and we've all we've all recorded with him before in like other bands to where like he was like we're like let's yeah let's record with Ryan he rocks like he'll make it it'll sound great and it's just fun it, like it's just fun like hanging out and recording with him so we the recording pro I I normally hate recording and recording this record was fun like we did it because we weren't under like a time constraint with like the pressing plants and everything it was like just take your time and like record the record and just get when it's done it's done. So we would we would show up. I would track. I think I I think I was tracking two or three songs. I think two or three songs like a session. Leave, come back in like a few days. Do it again. And we just did that. Like Ralph and Charlie got all the bass and drums done in one day, which was nice. And then we just took our time on guitars and we took our time on vocals because we wanted like. We wanted everything to be as good as it could. For sure, yeah. You know? And, like, the intro song, we had, like, a rough one when we, like, demoed the record. But part of that, we literally, like, we just wrote that in the studio. And then, like, the interlude song, we initially had just thrown a George Carlin bit over it. Yeah. And it actually was really sick, but we are like, there's no way that we'll get we'll be able to get this pressed. Like... Because it'll be some sort of copyright thing. Yeah, for sure. So then I was digging around on, I forget the like the website, but it's basically for like copyright-free stuff. Got you. Got I know you. the name, and I can't think of it. But I had gone through and dug around, and I found a bunch of old um, like educational videos on like capitalism and like just like really like sketchy stuff to like indoctrinate like young impressionable kids in the 50s yeah. so like that's exactly what that sam like that's exactly what it sounds like like an educational like classroom video on capitalism and how we can yeah. benefit from it it's funny to listen i mean it's not funny but it's it is like i did feel that especially when i was listening to it today playing it i was like this is very like something you would play to a class or something you know yeah there's like a whole series of these like educational videos about like economics and like everything and it was just wild to where like okay cool like i we went through and basically like tried to like just have ones where it like fit with the song like rhythmically and everything but um yeah so we took our time recording it was really fun um i feel like we would have had the record out sooner we like one of my favorite things about hardcore is like guest spots you know it's just cool and i think that's i think it's a fun way to like put people on to like other people's projects totally and at the same time, like, other than, like, rap, I can't think of any other genres that, like, do that. Not at all, yeah. Or, like, at least consistently and like, in, like, a creative way. And so we had one, we had one guest spot that it was, it was kind of a nightmare. Like, first person that was going to do it had a family emergency. They couldn't do it. Next person that was going to do it had a family emergency and then when they finally got to doing it they didn't think that their voice like really fit with it and they like they weren't happy with it and um we're like that's fine like obviously if you don't like don't put something like don't do it if like you don't like how it's coming out of course and then so fine finally we we're like i guess we'll just do it in-house and i tried it i can't like really sing 
I tried it. Like Ralph did it. Charlie did it. And we're like, Charlie's is Charlie sounds good. Like, let's just use Charlie's. So. And that's, that's on the last track on the record. That's Charlie singing, by the way. Yeah, it's really good. But, um, yeah, so I mean, that's, I guess like that was how recording was. It was fun. Like we ended up, we started recording in spring and we didn't get, we got done, I think in October of 2021. So like we literally just took our time and it was fun. Like the, the, the recording studio was pretty close to my house, drive up, pop in for a couple hours, hang out, go home. But, and then we had, uh, Taylor Young in the pit, you know, he, him and Charlie are boys, him and Charlie are boys to where we reached out to him and he was down and made everything pop, you know? And then that whole world is very like, I don't understand how a lot of that stuff works like mixing and mastering per se, like Charlie does to where, um, but it came out sounding awesome. It was definitely what we wanted. And then we had Austin. Um, who was it? Not Austin. Um, I always think of Nick Townsend. Sorry. For some reason, Austin always pops in him. We had him master it. And that's Charlie knew him because he had done the ingrown record. But um, yeah, we were just happy. I mean, like, like you're saying, like not a lot of bands do LPs. At this point, especially with like streaming, yeah, like obviously like bigger bands do it, but I feel like smaller bands don't really do it. And being that like a lot of us are a little bit older, like we're definitely like album listeners. For I think sure, Hunter, yeah. I, I think Hunter and I are the only ones that are like, you know, playlists are awesome. Like I just like to take my favorite songs, but even then, like I love like a good hardcore record, like that's like intentionally written as a record. Or like an album, you know, and um, I'm really glad that you like you mentioned like how that album flows because that was like definitely something we were hypercritical of. Of like, we want to make sure all the songs flow in a way where the album isn't necessarily front loaded because that's what I feel like a lot of bands do. Yeah, especially because like streaming numbers just straight up fall off a lot of the times on the second half of an album. And to where we're like, we want people to listen to this all the way through to where we're going to like, we're going to put some of the better songs on the second half of the record. Like, and I mean, I've definitely noticed they're not getting streamed as much. So I guess, you know, that's on us, <laughs> but I'm like, man, y'all are missing out. Cause this, these songs are, I think better than some of the ones that are on the front of the record. But, um, yeah, it was just something that was, like, very, like, important to us. And, like, I think a lot of hardcore records are way too long. For sure. And to where, like, that was something we were hypercognizant of, of, like, we don't want, like, I think the record's, like, 18 minutes long. And it's, like, 12 or 13 songs. So we're, like, this is cool. It's, like, a, it's an easy listen. It's not, it's not too long. And, like, that's why we wanted to throw, like, a little interlude song on there and, like, an intro song to where, like, I feel like even those things make it feel more like an album. Totally. Yeah. No, it's intro, interlude, and like, yeah, from front to front to top to bottom, it's uh, the flow is really good. It feels like an album and it flows well and it's in the sound is, is really good. The songs all like mash up together really well. Um, well. Even like the last song, I feel like is the weirdest song on the record on the record. And with the seven inch, we did the same. Th- like on the seven inch, the last song has like a piano part, and just kind of felt like the biggest outlier on the on that release. And so we kind of wanted to do the same thing, where it's like we'll have the weirdest song be the last song, and this is probably a little more of the direction that we're going to end up going. Yeah, sonically. So where I think like we haven't even like we haven't written anything, you know, like this not even anything. It's like on our like purview right now but i do think that like the next stuff we write will sound much more like that for sure um okay just for time's sake uh we got like seven more minutes but there's a couple just a couple things i'm interested in um if you don't mind sharing about uh yeah so uh lyrically 
um, you're, I'm, I'm assuming maybe you wrote most of the lyrics. Um, great songwriter. Um, it kind of seems like a lot of the songs are geared toward like social, political issues. Um, yeah. you just wanted to share a little bit about that. Um, and then I'm interested in the TVs, the TV, uh, <laughs> all, the TV vibe. So, um, if you want to just share a little bit about those things. Yeah. So I wrote, Charlie and I wrote all the lyrics. What we did is I would write them. And then him and I would link up and we'd go through and basically like revise all of them. So we wanted to make sure that everything rhymed and not rhyming for the sake of rhyming, but we want this to be catchy. We want it to be something that rhythmically makes sense, but also lyrically makes sense. For sure. So we went through and did that and we're like, I feel like we spent more time on the lyrics than we did on like writing half the song. Like the lyrics took forever, but <laughs> Yeah, they're all, we wanted the record, like, the title, Can We Wait, is, like, supposed to be, like, sarcastic, like, no, we can't, obviously not, like, we shouldn't wait. Yeah. But we wanted the record to have a cohesive lyrical theme, and it's kind of, just to, like, sum it up, is about kind of taking a look at, kind of, you know, life in America, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's real. That's what that's and what I feel like lyrically from every song, pretty much. To where, it's not even like I, I, we don't have like a solution. You know, we're not like trying to like grandstand or anything. It's just like these are things that like we're thinking about, things that we're frustrated about, and these are things that we feel like are important to address. And we like looking at a lot of hardcore bands that we kind of grew up listening to. They helped shape or just either shape ideologies or even just like expose us to things that like when you're a younger person might not have thought about, or even maybe an older person, I don't know. But that was kind of one of our fundamentals. It was like, Oh, well if this can be a jumping off point for someone awesome, that's great. Like, I don't think we're reinventing the wheel with anything that we're talking about, but like, I don't think that's like the point of it either. And then the TVs. So initially that, so that was a, that was a Chris Mollett idea was all the TVs, but we gave like he had the, we gave him the record early, you know, and then we gave him all the lyrics, and we were like, come up with whatever you think, like how how do you interpret these lyrics and music into like a visual thing and like for the album art, and then he came up with the TV idea, and then him and I like as we were talking about it, and so it's like. Oh, you know, a lot, a lot of the ways that people consume information and like form viewpoints and like ideas and everything is through like the news. Yep. And through like, and just through like TV and everything to where that was kind of like the through line is like, this relates to the lyrics, you know? Um, and I'm, and again, I'm not kind of like trying to remember of like him and I's conversations about this, but, um, yeah, I mean, we just thought it was, like, an, it was interesting, you know? I think that, like, that's a big way that we, like, um, digest information and, like, that influences, like, how we go about things. So we thought that was, like, a cool way to tie the lyrics in. And then, you know, we did, like, it just, it lent, like, we're always thinking about how can, how does this stuff lend to other things, you know? Like, oh, TV stuff will also look cool on merch, we could do something with a music video with TV, like, you know what I mean? Like it lends to a bunch of other things to where it's like, it has legs. Yeah. You yeah. guys had that for the backdrop for, uh, for the music video you did, right? Mm-hmm. Getting all those TVs was <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Did you, cause those, those are like old school, not old school, but those are older looking TVs. You know, they're not like, yeah, they're they all old, like CRT TVs. That's awesome, dude. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Are those, were those all like actual physical TVs you stacked up? <laughs> yeah, we. That's so sick. Nate and I bought all, or like we either got them for free or bought them in the, and I think Hunter got a few because he works for school district and they had some like ones they were trying to get rid of. But we basically over the span of like a day, we went and just like got a ton of TVs all across town, and I'm pretty sure they're all just in a pile like outside of like one of the practice spaces now. But, um. Yeah, and like I mean, some of them, some of them work, some of them don't work. But the dude that the dude that directed the video, that was his idea. It's like, oh, it'd look really cool if like 
we use the TVs to like light the room. Like we'll put them all on like the fuzzy screen or whatever. Yeah. This, it, the aesthetic was super cool. Um, yeah, really that music video rocked for sure. Thank you. Um, okay. So last thing, and then I'll, we'll do some quick hits, which is like the, the either or segment that seems to be popular as of late. So I've been bringing it back. Um, so like I said earlier, like my favorite style of hardcore is like, you know, locking out style, like rival mob, mental, like that kind of stuff. Uh, I like fast hardcore. Um, I, I don't, I hope that's not lost forever. Um, and that's why I love rejection pack so much. Even with the seven inch, I've always, I've always been a fan of the sound. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just like in today's world of hardcore, heavy, 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 heavy is what everybody wants. Um, and so I just wanted to, you know, give you guys a shout out for staying true to the rejection pack sound, making the LP and like, you know, I just, I just love it. I, I love, you know, the, the melodic guitars, like, you know, your vocals are, are very good. You got fast parts. Like it just, it's like a, it's a sound that I really love. Um, so I just wanted to ask you a little bit about the sound and like, were you guys like, okay, yeah, this is, we're going to make the record sound like this and not try to make it sound like anything else. Yeah. So like when we started, we were like, we definitely knew we just wanted to be a, we wanted to play hardcore that was pulling from like the mid to late aughts. And like, I think go to initially like go alone was like one of the blueprints, you know? And then as you can tell in like the demo and the seven inch, like we're still kind of figuring out what we want to sound like, like, Oh, we know it's, we want it to be fast. Yeah. And we want like melodic guitar work, like just given like what, and at this time we were also a four piece, but given what our musical interests lie, that just makes sense like we list like everyone in the band like actually listens to a lot of punk and a lot of just like rock music you know to where that that just incorporates into the songwriting like i remember initially we were kind of like oh we do, do we want to be a little heavier like maybe like allegiance you know like that kind of style where it's like still fast but i feel like allegiance had some very like hard totally. and heavy parts yeah, totally. And then kind of as we like progressed, we kind of found ourselves wanting to be less air quotes heavy. And I think it helps too that like like Ingrown and Witness Chamber are very heavy bands to where that makes us like we don't need to be heavy. Like we can Yeah, for sure. We can do something else and like we're very like I mean, sometimes it's, like, kind of frustrating just in the sense it's, like, oh, we know this is, like, hyper niche, you know, and, like, not everyone's going to be into this, and, like, we're really proud of these songs, and we just know that, like, it's not necessarily going to, like, be everyone's cup of tea, but, like, kind of, like, you know, like, when you're proud of something and you want people to check it out, and you know, like, oh, because it's not this, they might not even give it a shot. Yeah, Type totally. thing. But, I mean, that's out of our control, but um, kind of with the new stuff as we're writing it, and we have, like, Hunter on guitar now, so we're, like, oh, we can do way more, like, cool, interesting, like, parts with leads, and, like, we can add solos now, since Hunter's a riff, riff machine, and, like, has a, like, his favorite band's Metallica. Nice. And, um, we can just do these other things that we haven't been able to do, at least live. You know, like, even on the 7 we had stuff where it's like, oh, we, we can play, we can't really play this live the way that we would want to, because we had, like, recorded, like, multiple guitar tracks. But, so yeah, as we started writing, we just kind of like wanted to lean much more into the fast. We want to be melodic. I hate like everyone's like, "Oh, melodic hardcore is whack," and it's like <laughs> you're 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 an idiot. Like that's definitely not true. Not I, true. Like, I agree with you, man. I good agree. music is melodic. Like yeah, like you can have melodic stuff and fast stuff and like heavies, like all that. Like, it all works. Like. I, I honestly think the best kind of music has like melody to it. Like I agree. Wh whether there's so many bands that I would consider melodic hardcore bands where people are like, no, it's just a hardcore band. It's like you're embarrassed by the term melodic hardcore and that's fine. But yeah. this, that's if you want to really look at it from a musical standpoint, that's melodic hardcore. Yeah. But um, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of like as we've been going, like we just like have leaned more and more into like, uh, at this point, goat alone is literally like, the blueprint for our band like sonically respect 
like we're just like to, to us we're like oh that's like the perfect like hardcore band and um a lot of us are really into like the adjacent stuff you know to where i kind of i think like like that was something we like we were very cognizant of with writing the new stuff is like let's add more weirder guitar parts yeah that aren't like prototypical hardcore stuff but it's cool like on the seven inch we had the piano we thought that was really cool and then weirdly people were into that we're like oh sick like cool we can do more weird stuff and i think people will be down and like it won't just be we won't be the only people thinking that it's sick and like on this one like the charlie singing part um the intro with like there's a video online of like we recorded making a bunch of noises with like I forget what it was, but it was like, I think like a broken uh, boombox and like just recording, like making noise on it and then like using some like synthesizers, I think. But just doing like weird stuff that isn't like the norm for hardcore. Yeah. Especially for like the type of hardcore that we're playing. We're like, oh, this is cool. Like, let's do things that are a little different. And then last thing I'll say on it is. We're pulling from an era that I don't think a lot of bands are currently doing. And I think that a lot of younger people in hardcore probably aren't super familiar with. You know, I could be wrong, but... I agree. We're kind of like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, we're, we're most of the time we're like, I bet if we play a show, a lot of the people there won't be super familiar with what we're, like, going for. And that's cool because, you know, maybe we'll be that jumping off point for them where they dig into... Um, where we're pulling from and and or like current stuff that like we fall in line you know what I mean like I think that I think that it's really cool for to be a band that doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily doing what everyone else is doing at the current time like we always joke oh man if we were a band in 2007 who would have cared (laughs) (laughs) we would have literally sounded like everyone else yep (laughs) but we're like oh now like it's cool you know like it's different yeah yeah but for sure. Well, yeah. thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to share about all that stuff. And uh, we've been talking to Re- uh, Devin from Rejection Pack out of Boise. Um, if you're listening on radio, you can check out this episode streaming wherever you listen to music or stream music um, at 6 o'clock. And, um, yeah, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's nice to have you back on the show for the second time and having thanks so much having stuff me. have happened uh from now till then it's pretty cool appreciate that um okay i'm gonna hit you with some quick hits you just tell me which one which one you prefer i think they're pretty like most of the bands are pretty like well no you might not be like a crazy fan but you could probably pick one out of out of all these things all right okay okay um negative approach or bad brains uh i'll say bad brains nice bridge nine or rev bridge nine Solid. Uh, anxious or one step closer? One step closer. Stage or no stage? I'm going to say no stage because most of the time I think stages are too high. So. <laughs> For sure. Fast riff or breakdown? Honestly, breakdown. I love fast stuff, but... Breakdowns are sick. <laughs> yeah, breakdown, breakdowns are way cooler. Uh, cold brew or Red Bull? Cold brew. Head walk or front flip stage dive? Head walk nice <laughs> um they look you can nail hell it's so sick it's so sick um dude at jag i saw this guy i went to jag this year i saw this dude head walking. i know i know exactly who you're talking about dude's like halfway across the venue yeah. <laughs> i was like oh my god um okay leeway or killing time leeway nice all right man that's it thank you thanks for having me all right have a good rest of your thursday night peace you too Bye.